Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. How are we doing today? We're good. It's good. Good to see. You. Good to good to be here again. Thank you, Pastor Julian and Sharon, for the opportunity again to speak. Um, yeah, just tap somebody. Say it's good to be in church today. Mm. It's good to be in church. And turn, to the, turn to another person and just say, it's good to be in church today. That's something that, you know, we, we don't celebrate enough. To be in church, to have a building, to be able to worship together in freedom. That's just, yeah, I just wanted to, to share that. But today I'm speaking, uh, the title of my message, I'm going to breeze through this quickly. Um, because I want to get to the end, and I don't want to overrun. And um, the title of my message today is Calling the Unqualified. Ah, I'm excited already. And we're going to pray. Thank you, Father God, that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of freedom, Lord. My mouth is yours. My heart is yours, God. Have your way. Have your will. Your plans be done in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So a lot of us... A lot of us have been reading the, the book of Acts, yes? yes. And today we're going to uh, read a long passage, Acts 6. Acts 6. And um, this message really um, refers to a great guy in the Bible called Stephen. As Pastor Julian said last week, I'm going to be speaking on Stephen. And we're going to refer to his character. What made Stephen different? What set him apart from the rest? Because... He certainly didn't have sort of educational uh, degrees and academic degrees and backgrounds. He didn't have, you know, so much wealth. He was just an ordinary guy. An ordinary guy. But called to do extraordinary things. He was called by God. So Acts 6, let's read. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there's been a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in daily distribution of food. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God, the ministry, and serve tables, serve others through distribution of food. Therefore, brothers, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, where we may, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to pray into the ministry of the word. See, ministry and daily distribution of food, as I was studying this, he actually had the same root words in Greek. Ministry and distribution... It's from the same root word called diakonia. I don't know if, I, if there's any Greek here, sorry. I only know two and a half languages, so I don't know Greek yet. But it's called dia, diakonia, from which we get the English word deacon. You might hear that. It's not some language that we use here in City Gate. We don't you know, call them deacons. But ministry and serving is the same. Just because someone's out there, just because I'm here speaking to hundreds of you, it doesn't discount from what God's called you to do. 
Maybe you are a steward. Maybe you are a connect team. Maybe you are a kids church team member. Maybe you're a food plus. Maybe all you're doing is maybe simply wrapping food, packing food. Maybe you're doing some admin for the church. Maybe you're a small group leader. All of us is the same level. Same, it doesn't make me more loved. We all loved and called the same by God. And verse 5, it says, the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen and many others, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So they chose seven people to help with this daily distribution of food, with serving others, so then others can focus on the ministry. So we've all got part to play. Verse 7, then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. I'm so glad that in Citigate we have structures that we know people, people are sometimes surprised because I'm, I'm in church, sort of, I was full-time but now I'm sort of part-time staff. But they're like, you, you work for church? These are like people who come to church. Like, but but, but what, what do you do? Like, what happens? You, you get paid. Like, I think you just volunteer. No, no, I can't do what I'm doing now. We're just in the volunteering capacity. If we want to grow, if we want to multiply, if we want to increase, there does need to be structures. And I'm so glad we have structures here. We have leaders, small group leaders, head of teams, head of departments. If everyone's just like, you know, oh, just whoever's available, ignite someone, we just run itself, you know. Just come along. Do you think that, you know, that will bear fruit? No, it won't. So verse 8 says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. I want to highlight again that Stephen was one of the seven chosen to serve people. He wasn't was chosen to sort of to preach the word and be on a platform and be, lead everybody, lead all the apostles and the disciples. He was just called to serve but surely, before we go into verse 9, I've just got it here as I was studying this. Surely the Holy Spirit was with Stephen. Surely the Holy Spirit has given him power to perform miracles, signs, and wonders. He was God's ambassador. Verse 9, then there arose some from what is called a synagogue of the freedmen. Verse 10, and they weren't able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So straight away, you know, when structure comes, attacks already comes. Like, oh, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Oh, who's this guy? Like, he, you know, he's, he's different to us. He's, I've never heard of him. Verse 11, then they secretly induced men to say, we've heard this man, Stephen, speak blasphemy against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came and seized him and brought him to the council. If they can't shut you up, they'll shame you. <laughs> if they can, that's not even in my notes. That's just like, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that word. That might be a word for somebody here today. If they can't shut you up, they will do anything to, to undress you, to rip you, to destroy you to publicly humiliate you, maybe in the office. But keep going. Be joyful. Verse 13, so they set up false witnesses and said, this man, he, he does not cease to speak blasphemy against his holy place in the law 
And we've even heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. So again, people can twist your words, can twist your faith in what you believed in. When you said, hey, I really want you to invite you to church. You know, I really believe that Jesus is, is Lord. They'll go around. It's like, oh, this person said that about these other religions. Oh, manager, just so you know, this person is disrespecting the other faith. Be prepared for that. Be aware of that. We're not living in a world where it's all nice and pretty. Verse 15, all who sat in the council... Looking steadfastly at him, saw Stephen's face as the face of an angel. Stephen, regardless of what's going on around him, he was at perfect peace. Regardless of the attacks, the accusations, he shone so bright that he sent his witnesses to their knees. It's like, wow, what, what is that? I encourage you, be Shine so bright that you send your witnesses to their knees. That goes, what is that in you? Be a lamp on a lampstand, a city on a hill, wherever you are. We're all ordinary people here. We're nothing special, nothing sort of great. But with God, oh, we're extraordinary. We believe in the supernatural, that we can go out there and know that we can make a difference. No matter how difficult, how impossible that is. I want to encourage somebody here today. You're not this, oh, just little old me. No, come on. Do great things in your area of influence. Do great things in your school. I know there's young people here, and I'm a youth pastor, so I'm going to be speaking to you today. So don't fall asleep. Wake up. If they're, wake, if they're falling asleep, give them a gentle nudge and a rib. And then Acts 7. It was about Stephen's death. He was the first martyr in, in the Bible. And Stephen's death, again, maybe the priest, the scribes thought, that's it, Done. We've shut that one up. But guess what? What the enemy meant for evil, God uses it for good. God uses it to increase and to multiply. Because of Stephen's death, it caused the church to move. It caused the church to advance. It caused them to go to other towns and other cities and thought, oh, it's not very safe here. But I mean, let's, let's go to the other places. Let's have a look. Let's, let's venture out there. What was seemingly a small, insignificant assignment turned out to be a platform to demonstrate God's incredible power. And I want to encourage you, like Stephen, in all of our being, be filled with the Holy Spirit. If there's anything that you, can, you want to take away here today, be, be filled more of Him and less of you. But that requires you decreasing less ego, less pride, less unforgiveness. I mean, if you can go unforgiveness down to zero, then go for it. But if you can just help yourself just a little bit, just forgive that one person out of the 10. 
less of you and more of him. And when you do that, you will do great things for God as you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. My first point out of the five is God can use you as you are where you are. You know, Acts 3.6, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give. We all know that verse. God can use you regardless of your age, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your qualifications, regardless of the money that you have in the bank, regardless of your outward appearance, because we all know that God looks at the heart, but the man looks at the outward appearance, what's out there. Growing up, man, it was tough. It was tough. I think this is the first, I just see my my mum's in the room actually. I think this is the first time that my mum's in my preach. (laughs) She's always in the creche, serving. Serving, serving. Yeah, I remember sometimes like, oh, how was it? Was it good today? Because the TV wasn't working downstairs. And I'm like, yeah, it was good, mum. It was good. It was good. But I remember growing up, it was, it was not easy. I moved here when I was 13. You just turned 13 years old. I'm 18 now. <laughs> Thirteen, I'm thirty-two. I'm thirty-two. But I don't look thirty-two because Asians don't age. <laughs> this is this is me for the rest of my life. We don't age, we don't grow. As we age, we just we just shrink. My dad was like there, six foot before. But as he aged, he's like Somebody says so true. Who said that? <laughs> yeah, it's so true, so true. But growing up, I was 13 years old, and it was tough because English was, you know, we spoke English in the Philippines, but um, nothing, like again, parents, when, you know, maybe some of you have come over here in the last few years, or maybe children have changed schools, like, don't, don't be too harsh on them. <laughs> have a little bit of grace. Because you're like, come on, why are you not doing, getting all these grades? And it's like, you've just changed homes three times in the last year. But that was a big cultural change and slight shock because it's like, I could speak English, it's a little bit broken. Um, I had a very strong accent. I was like, hey, everyone. Hi, how are you? How are you? I had curtains. I was like, hi, everyone. How are you today? Now, I remember we were looking for schools, and then within two weeks, I started school. And then I was like, yeah, I mean, I was just ordinary guy in the Philippines. I can't wait. I'm going to make so many friends. And then my first class, in fact, there was a lot of anxiety. There was like, I don't know what to expect. Like, why do I have to wear this, this blazer thing? We've never, I've never owned one. We had to wear a tie. I was like, whoa, this is so elite. <laughs> Like in Philippines, you're right with your best flip-flops. Like, <laughs> you just carry your bag to carry your books. It's all good. 
But then I came here and then my very first day in school, my first class, not knowing much English, not knowing all these slangs that I'm hearing in the accent. My very first class, I sat there in the front row. It was French. Oh. <laughs> I was like, bro. I sat there like, I was just, I don't know what I'm doing. What is this about? And then the first six months was tough. The first six months, I tried to fit in. I don't know where I belong. Yes, I still knew that I love God, but that was tested throughout my teenage years. I was in and out. And I thank God for praying, Mum. <laughs> yeah. But throughout all of those times, I sat there and thought, maybe age 15, 16, 17, I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is life. Maybe I'm supposed to belong with these group of boys. Maybe we're out there, you know, in the streets. I don't, don't care about getting a job, getting education. This is, this is what I'm called to do, you know. I'm doing some music as well. I was like, yo, I'll rob you your penny in a wallet. <laughs> I did that for about a year. It's like, give me your pen so I can write my book. <laughs> did that. That kept me distracted a little bit. But the words, it was, there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of... I just wanted to release it. But I knew I didn't depend on God. I knew at that time I didn't really know God. I didn't know what he could do with an ordinary boy like me. And then fast forward, you know, 2016, I came on staff and then started heading up kids. And then if you ask me, maybe a few years before that, in fact, other people have asked me when I was, I've always been part of this, this church since 2009. They say, Tim, I think you'd be great. I and mean, I was like 18 years old, 17. It's like, you'd be great in kids. I was like, no. <laughs> I don't like kids. See ya. <laughs> so I served in the media team instead, doing lights, doing photography. But I served. There was something changing inside because I found community. Through serving, an ordinary guy like me thought, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I'm going to serve just like Stephen. I'm going to do the tables. Is there anything I can do to help? You know, I've worked with Becky Lewis here for many years. You know I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm just like... I'm so proactive, like, I don't like missing stuff. And then fast forward a little bit more, now I'm leading, you know, about over 100 of our young people in the church. And many more, many more have come and been and gone. And I want to be able to say, I want to come before God and say, God, I've been faithful with what you've given me. Now, I'll tell you all of that to say, what is your thing? What is that thing that God's giving you? Don't, don't sit here and be like, no, 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 nothing really. I'm just, I'm just attending church, you know. What is that? Is it, is it your co-worker? Is it a co-worker that you've been working with for many years? Is it, is it a family member that you know God's put 
in your life so you can make a difference in theirs? What is that? Is it a business? Are you faithful in that? I encourage you, be faithful. And let's bring this into a church context. Wherever you're serving, are you faithful in that? If you're not serving yet, why not? If you're not serving yet, what's your excuse? Because I didn't feel like it, but I served. Because I was like, God, if I'm all in, I'm all in. If I want to see you come through to my life, I'll do what you say. So maybe it's just once a month, once a week. It's like, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to arrive early. And I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. Is that all right? I'm being a bit vulnerable here today. I've written this statement. God wants to use those who humble themselves before the cross, boasting only in Him, His strength, His wisdom, His righteousness, and His power. God uses all those who turn away from their self-sufficiency. Again, less of you, less dependent on your own ability and your own flesh. And recognize Him, our God, as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, God Almighty. If you want to write that down, write it down, declare it. Speak it over your children, over your life. If you want to take a photo, I can be in it if you want. If you're not done yet, you can come back to second service. And then... <laughs> My second point is, the popular opinion isn't biblical truth. The opinion of others, but popular opinion is easily shaped, it's easily influenced. It does not and will not Define who you are. And these are not my words, you know, let's look at the Bible. The same crowds that praise Jesus. Jesus, we love you, yeah, you're doing great things, amazing, miracle here, miracle there. Let's line up, let's go guys, great man, Jesus of Nazareth. This is the same crowds that shouted, crucify him. Same crowds. The same crowds who loved the apostles. But what are they doing? Amazing. Were the same crowds that cried out against Stephen. Same crowds spectated his stoning, his death. Mm. Never let popular opinion shape your foundation in truth. Instead, let your foundation rest on God's word. Stop listening to the wrong voices. The last time I spoke, you know, we all know I said stop the BS, the bad seeds. We're doing a recap here. You already know this, guys. The bad seeds. Stop listening to those. Don't accept those in your life. Don't agree with them. You, you do you. You believe and stand on what God's called you. If he said you're going to be successful in a certain area of business, you will be successful in a certain area of business, regardless of what everyone says. The economist says, Yo, you're not going to prosper. It's looking downhill from here. No, you have a favor of God. It's looking uphill for you, brother. 
And sometimes it is our own feeling, our own emotions, which is normal. It's normal. I spoke on Leadership Academy about this. And I, I love it. I love, like, I love psychology and I've, I've just finished my degree on that. And um, yeah. And I, I love it. I love the science. I love the emotions. I love the emotional intelligence. And I love different theories. But I never allow them to influence the biblical truth. Instead, I go, oh, okay. Ha. This does not support what I believe in. Hmm. This, however, supports what I believe in and God's creations and yeah. human beings. Yeah, great. You're just basically affirming what I believe in. Thank you. Thank you. It's not your theory. It's God's theory. Yeah. <laughs> but we all have you know, feelings and it's normal sometimes to, to feel inadequate, to feel not good enough, but we know that God's more than enough. It's normal, though, to, to have those moments, but don't settle there, because the feelings of unworthiness, insufficiency, and incompetence is not and will never be the truth. Never. Get it out of your mouth. Speak good things. Speak good things over your children. You've heard it preached here almost every week. It's like, stop calling your children stupid. Oh, stu oh, you idiot. Stop it. Stop it. They're not idiots. They're children of God. You can tell I'm quite passionate with her. Because again, Bible, psychology, the patterns of that will not bear good fruit. And then when you become a teenager, you then ask, you go, well, well why, why is this person so, so angry at me? Well, why, do, why don't they listen to me? Don't they respect me just because they're 17 now? And I would ask you the first questions, what was their childhood like? Because it says in my Bible that train up a child in the way they should go and they should never depart from it. How did you train them? With the love at home. When was the last time you said, I love you to your son or your daughter? When? I would ask you those tough questions. So popular opinion is not biblical truth. Point number three, humble yourself, as we read earlier, but don't discount yourself because of your limitations. Looking at the life of Stephen, he may not be the, the tallest, you know, he may not be as good looking as me, but there was something on the inside, the power of the Holy Spirit, his relationship with God, his identity. He knew what God's called him to be. Let's consider, I've got a few people here that we will all know of. Consider the many well-known people in the Bible, Abraham and Sarah, a couple in their old age. They're old. Like to this day, if you put them in a hospital and says, hey, we... Trying to have a baby. <laughs> Doctors would be like, no, ain't, ain't nothing going to help that. <laughs> but a couple in their old age who God used to build a nation. Joseph, the favorite son, the entitled teen who went through God's training. 
using him to save both Egypt and Israel. Moses, it was a stutterer. He couldn't get his word out. He stammered. And it's like, God, God, me, but I can't speak. Stutterer who became God's spokesman and a leader. Rahab, a prostitute who God used to help his spies and to conquer Jericho. Your past is not your present and your future. I just want to leave that there. Jonah, you know, he grew up in a Sunday school. It's like, ah, the big whale. But the escapist, Jonah the escapist who God brought back to save Nineveh. Last two, Esther, the adopted orphan who became queen to save Israel. And last one, the Apostle Paul. We all know the Apostle Paul. He was a persecutor. He agreed and he ordered for people to be killed and murdered because they believed in Jesus. Yet, even him, he became one of the greatest Christians in the New Testament. One of the greatest So I want to ask you, what is your excuse in not following Christ when you are called? Not one of them was qualified in in the eyes of men, yet God called him to do the work that he had prepared. Point four. Are we good? Are you still with me? You sure? Anyone asleep? Okay, remember. Point four, strengthen your spirit through Jesus. In Acts 4, 13 to 15, this won't be up on the screen, I don't think. The members of the councils were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. So this is going back a little bit. Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. It is there, thank you. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Who does people associate you with? Like when they see you, when they see Ben and Ricky and Becky and Carol, what what do they say? What do they think of? Who do they associate you with? Do they go, oh, it's that that weird group over there. (laughs) Or do they go, ah, she's she's always with those, yeah, she's that encourager. Hmm, There's something about her or him. So they recognize that these men had been with Jesus. Do people know that you've been with Jesus? Do people know that Jesus is in you? By the words that you speak, by how you drive. I'm preaching to myself. I drove yesterday. Some of our guys here, they're not here today. No, they're alive, don't worry. They'll be here second service, probably. It was a long drive, but I, li- I like to stay in the right lane on the motorway. It's an overtaking lane. I'm forever overtaking. But you know, when others out there, when, when you're out in public, would they know? You don't have to have the Christian sticker on the back of your car. Would they just know? Would they just know that, hmm, it's a good family there in the car? 
Verse 14. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing that the council could, could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the chamber and conferred among themselves. See, people thought that they were just ordinary men. And I want to say there is nothing wrong with being ordinary. There is nothing wrong if your life isn't like the life of your favorite influencer like your house is not like your neighbor's house and one down the road. There's nothing wrong with being ordinary. But here, Peter and John were ordinary men, no formal religious training, yet Jesus used them. Because what that tells me is that Jesus is looking for ordinary people to work with. He doesn't want a made man. He doesn't want someone that goes, I got everything. I'm good. I don't need it. Um, I can't be taught. He wants one that is teachable. He wants one that is able to step out a little bit out of their comfort zone. He wants one to, who would exercise their faith a little bit. But that needs Jesus. So I encourage you to strengthen your spirit through Jesus. When you feel like yeah, Tim, I'm, I'm just an ordinary guy here, an ordinary woman here. Strengthen it through Jesus because Jesus gives strength to rise above the ordinary. You know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Jesus transforms. He transforms ordinary people into, into extraordinary servants of God. I was an ordinary guy in a light and then I served faithfully, week in, week out. What can I do to help? How can I serve in this? Because I wanted, I, I loved what the church was doing. And I, I was so passionate with telling my friends outside of church, go, hey, hey, come, come along this weekend. Yeah, we, it's, it's great. It's, it's like a modern church, you know, it's nothing spooky. But, you know, at that age, we, we like, like, nightclub kind of feel and stuff. So my, one of my first selling points is like, yo, yo, we got light show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like, every now and then we do, we do, like, bread and wine as well. It's all free. It's all free. You can have as many as you want. Mm, just come, come. I'll pick you up. Yeah, no, no, I'll drive. I'll drive because you guys can have the bread and wine. Yeah, 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 I'll drive. They were sold. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm there. Light show, live music, full band. Yeah. Strengthen your spirit through Jesus. And my last point is be willing and available. In the midst of all of this, maybe you have, you know, we've, maybe you've accepted Jesus and you're like, yep, I'm ready to do more. But are you willing and available? Vice versa. Because you could be willing and not available, and you could be available and not willing. You might be like, oh, I've got time now, but are you willing to lead a small group? Are you willing to do more now? Are you willing to step into your freedom? Willingness requires being a disciple of Jesus Christ and learning and being taught and being taught, learning and unlearning. And then just think of the fruit that you're going to bear, the legacy that you're going to leave. 
What do you want to leave here? What do you want to leave your children, the children of children? In our family, you know, my, my mum was the first one that got saved in 1990. Is it 90? 91. 1987. 1987. <laughs> I was born in 91, so let's round it up, 1990. <laughs> so 1987, and then all of my sisters didn't have Christian names because they weren't saved yet. So I'm the first one who got a Christian name, Timothy, Bible, Bible based. You know, thank you. I've got two first names, second one's Paul. Mix, mix those two. Oh, Timothy Paul. Mm, mm, mm. But young people, I don't know, what are you called? What is your name? What does your name mean? Maybe he's not based in the Bible, but I encourage you to take a stand. Especially young people in this generation in the schools that you're in, take a stand. Because having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is now the new rebellion. Yeah, come on, let's give it, give it up for God. Thank you, God. Young people, be, be the stepping stones for the next generation. Refuse. It's okay to say no. And again, I'm saying young people, but apply this into your own life. Adults. Be a stepping stone for the next generation. Set a new standard. Enough is enough. Don't don't be follower of the world. Follow Jesus. Follow the Bible. What does the Bible say about X, Y, and Z? What does the Bible say about sex before marriage? What does the Bible say about addiction? About what you look at? Take a stand. Have faith. There's, um, as we close, I want to give you a small illustration. Can you, um, Tom, can you pass me that wooden chair? We're talking about being willing and being available. Just say thank you. Being willing and being available. And sometimes, in fact, all of the time, that requires faith. Do you agree? That requires faith. And fully trusting and depending on God. Yeah, Bobby, give us us something, something nice. Can bring a couple of angels here. And this is a, an eye mask, just an ordinary eye mask being put on by an ordinary guy. <laughs> this is our youth. We use this for youth. And there's like white bits here. <laughs> Young people, take a shower. <laughs> enough is enough. <laughs> Let today be a day of transformation. <laughs> I could go on. Be washed in the shower. <laughs> okay. I don't want to trick you guys. I genuinely cannot see. Okay? Like, Ben, hold something up. Like, I 
count how many fingers. If this happens, the miracle is true right here. Are you holding your fingers up? Okay, you're holding three fingers up. Oh, cup, okay. Right. Now, being willing and available means stepping out of your comfort zone. Let's say you've accepted Jesus. You're like, yeah, great. I'm going to start reading the Bible now. You know, I've step out of my comfort zone. It's, it's comfortable here. It's comfortable. I'm going to step out a little bit. Start reading that Bible. Start praying a little bit more. Yeah, this is good. It, it doesn't all make sense to me, which is fine. I've got questions. Let me ask my small group leader. Maybe to sign up to the uh, academy or something. It's great. It's good. Now, I want to do more. I want to I know there's something there. It's like, I, I, if I fall, I think I'm insured. <laughs> and maybe it's like, I want to start telling friends a little bit. Maybe, yeah, but no, 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 I'm scared. I'm scared. I want to go back to my comfort zone. Comfort zone here. I'm just, just an ordinary guy. No, but there's something in me. I'm just come to church again, and I heard this really good-looking Asian man speak about... <laughs> being bold and stepping out and knowing that God's called me to be extraordinary, so therefore, I'm gonna stand. This week, I'm gonna make that change. I'm gonna speak to that coworker. And I'm gonna say, yeah, come to church where there's bread and wine. And, uh, but it's, 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 it's difficult. I might fall. I might fall, I might step out. I wanna step out, but, oh, maybe it's not the right one. Maybe it's not... Oh, you know what, I think the right decision is here instead. Uh, no, I'm going to keep quiet and I'm, I'm just going to go here. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like Holy Spirit saying, go back. Start serving. But God, I'm just little old me. I don't, I don't have the right voice. I don't, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I get you, I get you, okay. So, I'll tell you what. Maybe God wants me to take steps. <laughs> I genuinely cannot see, guys. Maybe one step at a time. One step at a, I, I can't feel it. The half of my foot is out, but, but doesn't my Bible say that God ordains the steps of the righteous? So, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Whew. Serving once a week now. I think there's something more. I think I want to step into leadership. Yeah, I love lights. I'm still helping that, but I want to start leading, yeah, children. Ignite Summer, yeah, let me sign up for that. Let me start leading. Okay, this is, this is okay. It's good. It's good. But I think, I feel like God wants, God wants to do more. He wants to do more. Where's the aisle? <laughs> is that the aisle? Wants to do more. I think he wants me to step up, but stepping up, stepping up, stepping up sometimes requires God to move some people out of your way. Because he doesn't want them there. Because he knows that if I stay there and if I lied with them and then chat with them and then hang out with them, I won't be able to fulfill what God's called me to do. Therefore, he's just 
clearing the way. Thank you, God, for clearing the way. Clearing the way for me. Keeping me safe. Out of harm. Out of harm. Am I still out of harm? Yes, I'm still out of harm. It means stepping up a little bit. It's nice. It's good. It's not easy. Because I'm stepping out of this. And I, 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 it's blind. There's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Therefore, even if I do not see, even if I do not see, I am still alive. I'm still standing. For God is my God. He is my deliverer. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my shield. Who's with me here today? I'm free here today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Father God, thank you that freedom is in this place today. Freedom. Thank you, Lord, that though there's uncertainty, there is wilder waters. Thank you, God, that you can say, peace be still. Thank you that we can fully trust, depend, rely on you. Our refuge, our fortress, our ever-present help. And right now, Lord, with every arm, every hand raised, we ask you, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us step out into what you've called us to do. Though we may lack on the outside, but we know that you look at the heart. So right now we align our heart with yours, God. Purify us. Take out any junk, anything that you don't want. Be gone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, at our paths, you've lit it up. Pray, Lord, that this day is a day of freedom for some people. This day is a day where they've stopped discounting and disqualifying themselves. They could say, yes, I'm an ambassador of Christ. I can put my hand up and say, yes, I will stand for what I believe in. I will do more for the kingdom. God reign in their lives. In Jesus' name. Just while we're in this atmosphere, can't leave this place without offering an invitation for somebody to accept Jesus. If you are here and we've been talking and have been emphasizing on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, if you don't know Him yet, you want to invite Him into your life. Again, when I did this, it didn't all make sense. But I took a step of faith. I was like, yeah, I want, I want that. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I want Jesus in my life. I need Him. If that's you on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. Just raise your hands up high so I can see it. One, two, three. Just raise your hands in this place. Is 
anybody here today that you say, yep, that's me, Tim. Nice and high. Some people have got their hands up just nice and high so I can see it. Thank you, God. Let's all pray this prayer. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. I accept you into my life. Make me a brand new person. Thank you that I am set free. And from this day, I will only walk according to your will and your plans for my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. One more time, let's give God the glory. Thank you, Lord.